From KUNR Reno Public Radio, this is Priced Out. A podcast about affordable housing. I'm Bree Zender. And I'm Joey Lovato. And this week we're talking with our reporter on Gray about the food pantry. And you spoke with her. What'd she say? Yeah, um, so I, I sat down and we did a bit of a debrief about the food pantry. Um, and then we're also going to air two of her pieces today. But yeah, it's really interesting. I've Have you have you had any experience with the food pantry here in Northern Nevada? I have not, but I know you have. Tell me about that. Yeah, um, so I was a, I was a Boy Scout. Um, and so... <laughs> <laughs> when I was when I was younger, I um I volunteered there a couple times. Um, it's it's a really big operation. I don't think people realize it's this it's a massive warehouse. It's out in the industrial park with um you know Tesla and Switch and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been out there a lot longer than those places. Um, and it's it's just this huge warehouse and it's full of food and you know some of it's perishable, some of it's not. And then they all it all trucks out to different places around you know northern Nevada and stuff for people in need. And then she also talks to individuals who are struggling with uh, with affordable housing and how they uh, rely on the food pantry. Okay, cool. Let's get to it. Yeah. St. Francis of Assisi Food Pantry is just a stone's throw from the Peppermill Casino in Reno. Cindy Becker opened the pantry about two years ago. An hour before the door opens, there's a dozen or so people milling outside with shopping carts and backpacks. Prior to opening the doors, Becker gathers a group of about 10 volunteers in a circle to pray. I would like to lead us in prayer. Kathy, how about you, honey? Sure. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to be here today with all these great volunteers and serve your people. You send them to us in need. As the line stretches out the door, people are invited in small groups to come in and collect food. All right, so Wayne, I'm going to put a colored wristband on you for your family. So you can tell the volunteers how big your family is. Okay. At first, the pantry served more than 100 families, but now it's up to 900 families, many of them seniors, veterans, and young parents with children. They grab a basket and they just pick items that's beneficial for them. So we go accordingly to their size family. So when they finish with the canned goods, then they go into the bread room. And their bread room has some bread, cereal, and snacks for them, and then the perishables. So today we have an abundance of perishables. Oh, I have leeks. I got carrots. A recent study from the Pew Charitable Trust found that in 2015, nearly 40% of renters spent nearly a third of their gross income on housing. These are referred to as rent-burdened individuals who have less disposable income for other essentials like food or health care. We're noticing, too, that their income rates are not going up, but their housing is raising and their food costs is raising. So the produce that we have outside, I had this one client said, oh, there's no way I could ever buy that. This is so cool that you guys have this here. Jessie, who wants to be identified only by her first name, is a volunteer at the pantry and is concerned that while the growing tech industry is good for Reno's economy, it's driving up the cost of housing. And a lot of the folks that come in here are actually homeless. It's sad what the community has come to. I'm from Silicon Valley. I was in that industry. But now that they've come and moved in here, they're pushing all of the residents out. The difficulty of putting food on the table is something Jessie can relate to. She first started at the pantry as a client. Nobody can afford to rent homes. And, and like my whole life, from 13 until 50-something, I only ever spent one-third of my revenue on rent. And now I'm at three-quarters. Um, and that's just unacceptable. Jessie says she's happy to assist people like senior Dennis LeBlanc, a retired meat cutter he's now legally blind and lives on a fixed income of about $800 a month. 
He rents a room in a house that goes for 700 a month, with 50 more for utilities. Not much is left for food. And it's not easy for him to admit he needs the help. I'm not used to going to these food pantry slash. <laughs> but they're nice. They're very nice. They've been very good to me here. But I don't make a habit of coming here. Dennis Gates and Sheila Clanton are also finding it tough. They're a young couple in their mid-20s and stopped by the pantry as it was getting even more packed with their nearly six-year-old son. After a recent month-long stay at a Reno motel, they moved in with family. Weeklies is not the best place that I would want my kid. I wouldn't want anybody's kid there. Gates admits it's been hard trying to get on their feet financially. We have to go out without a lot of things. Like, we have a vehicle that's barely running that we're trying to keep maintenance just to get for plan A to plan B. It's been hard. It's been really hard. Gates is looking towards the future. He recently landed a temp job that could lead to something full-time. He'll make a little over $11 an hour in hopes that will be enough. I'm worried about you know feeding my son and rent and having clothes on our back and other bills. The Pew study mentioned earlier also found that for a family with two earners making minimum wage and with one child to support, they would have just $250 in pre-tax dollars each week to cover necessities like childcare, food, and transportation. This means that as more families are rent burdened, it's becoming increasingly difficult to make ends meet. I'm On Gray for Reno Public Radio News. So I am here with uh, our reporter On Gray. Hi, Joey. So. This is this is a pretty powerful story. I mean, there's a lot of different people. You have a lot of different voices in, in this story with the food pantry. Did it when you were there interviewing people? Was there a lot of different age ranges? There was, and when I was speaking with Cindy Becker, who runs the pantry, she mentioned that there's a cross section of people who come in. There's vets. There's people who are homeless. Obviously, most of the people are low income families. There's young couples. I saw several young couples with young children, and I interviewed uh, one as well. And so. So um, it really is quite the cross-section of humanity in there. Did these people seem downtrodden to you at all, or did they? how did they appear? Well, I wouldn't say uh, downtrodden. I did, I did mention in the beginning of the story how when I arrived early to uh, speak with Cindy, I came about maybe 45 minutes to an hour before the pantry opened, Joey. And what surprised me was that even... Uh, with that amount of time before the doors opened, there was already a lineup. Um, I wouldn't say they're downtrodden. I did find when I was speaking with uh, Douglas Gates, that young man with the nearly six-year-old son, he one of the questions that I did ask him was that, how do you feel about the future? And he told me he was hopeful. And uh, so that was promising. I think he had just found this uh, temp job. But I think even that uh, was a bright spot for him. As Cindy mentioned, a lot of her clients, they're not seeing their income going up. Um, And so they feel like they're caught kind of in this, you know, uh, cycle in which they're working hard. And sometimes both parents work, but they're just not making enough. Or you have the seniors who have worked their whole lives and are now on fixed incomes. And then they're seeing their rent rise. And so they can't afford that extra $1, $200, whatever it is, um, to make that extra payment. And then they're caught in a situation where they're spending so much money on housing, they have very leftover for things like food, for health care, for transportation, for child care. And this is something that we're seeing happen in the community. Was it, was it hard 
interviewing these people? Did you did you feel like pretty emotionally like impacted by this? I have to say, and I said this to uh, Michelle, who's our news director. I said to her after I did the story that of all the stories I've done, and I've done so many, and I do primarily public health reporting, so I, I talk to people about different things, about their health and what's going on with healthcare. I would say that I found this story probably one of the most difficult because um, when you see people who are the working poor and doing their best to get by, and the system is still such that it's still very challenging for them to take care of themselves and their families. And that um, what was hopeful about the story is that they, there are some social um, safety nets, like a food pantry, um, which is providing them with some help that they need. Not all the help, but at least enough to get them through the day or the week or the month. So these people that are going to the food pantry are obviously, they're kind of in this vulnerable position. Do you see this as kind of the main demographic of people that are being affected by the housing crunch? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what's so great about Reno right now is that as we diversify the economy, as we have companies coming here, the tech industry, it's been really good for a lot of people that are getting higher paid jobs. Um, And it's nice to see the economy of Reno changing and evolving and growing. But with that comes also the downside, which is that the people most affected um, or who are not benefiting from this economic growth are low-income people. And what's going on with them is that they're really being priced out because as the community grows and expands, you have more people here demanding housing. And so with that demand, the prices are going up. Landlords can raise the price because they have that demand. But the supply is so limited right now that there isn't enough to go around. And so those people are really priced out. What Was there something in the story that you wanted to kind of let people know or tell us about that you didn't make it into the actual radio piece? Well, it, it kind of touches again on the the um, vulnerable people, which is that there were, I, when I was at the food pantry, I spoke to people who are homeless. I spoke to people who admitted that they have mental health issues. And again, it's with the social safety network, which is if they can't find the help that they need, a lot of times they end up on the streets. Okay, so we're going to go into a piece with Al Brislane here in a second. What is something that he thinks is kind of a big problem in the community, uh, specifically re- related to affordable housing? Well, um, Al actually said to me that he thought affordable housing was one of the biggest concerns in our community, not just at the the Food Bank of Northern Nevada, but with other agencies across the region. And they're aware that it's happening. What they need to focus on is not only short-term solutions, which are what the charitable organizations and the nonprofits um, are working on, but longer-term solutions, which is working with policymakers and figuring out what can be done to offset some of the problems that are related to this growth in, uh, in the area. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to me on. Thanks, Joey. Al Brislane is the president and CEO of the Food Bank of Northern Nevada. It's good to see you again. Thanks so much for talking with us today. Thank you, Ann. So last fall, I toured the food bank that you head up. It's not a small operation. It's a big warehouse that distributes millions of pounds of food each year. Remind our listeners what types of food you're distributing and where does it all go? 
Well, so much of our food now is perishable. You know, we rely on the food drive some, but basically we rely on the food industry. And the food industry, because you as a consumer want more perishable, that's what they're handling. We serve 145 different nonprofit organizations throughout northern Nevada and even on the eastern slope. We also serve uh, schools. We also do mobile harvest. We just try to get food into people's hands where people are having problems. I recently visited St. Francis of Assisi Food Pantry, which is located just a stone's throw away from the Peppermill Casino here in Reno. I was there to interview Cindy Becker, who I'm sure you know she manages the food pantry there. And while I was there, before the doors even opened, there were already more than a dozen people in line with suitcases, backpacks, and their metal shopping carts ready to access the food pantry. She told me that in the last two years, she has been serving uh, many, many more families, and she's seen a spike in the need in her food pantry. What are you seeing at food pantries across our region? You know, it really varies. I mean, the hunger isn't as high in the suburbs as it used to be, but in the inner city and in low-income neighborhoods, it's still there and it's prevalent. And, of course, the housing uh, rental prices haven't helped. A lot of people have been left behind. They say the first people to be impacted by a recession are low-income people, and the last people to recover are low-income people. There's a lot of people still on minimum wage, still barely getting by and trying to raise their kids. How do high housing prices play a role in food insecurities? You know, when you're having to make choices, which many of our families are, between being able to pay their rent or being able to feed their kids, those are tough choices. When we can give them food, we're helping them make that choice easier. But we're seeing so many people. And when you see a 100 or $200 increase in monthly rent, for some of us, it's an inconvenience. But for a lot of the people we serve, that just blows their budget apart. When we're able to give them food, oftentimes we're able to keep people in their houses. As you mentioned, low-income people are the first affected and the last to recover. Which are the other vulnerable groups that are affected by the high housing prices in our region? Well, I think it's, you know, seniors are still having a really tough time. And a lot of seniors that see their uh, rents increased. Uh, we got a letter from a woman that uh, used to be a donor. And now she said, I, there's no way I can donate to you. I can barely afford it. They've raised their rent $150 a month. So we're seeing a lot of seniors, working poor, people that are just trying to get by, and uh, you're working one, two, or three minimum wage jobs, and of course, single parents. That's the largest demographic group that we serve probably is single parents. Can you explain some of the short and long-term issues that you're concerned about as housing prices continue to rise? Housing is the biggest problem in this community. I think everybody agrees on that. I was at a Chamber of Commerce meeting, and they were talking about, we've got to fix this housing problem, or we're going to price a lot of the workers out of the market. Right now, you know, a lot of the short term is coming from the charitable sector. People like us, like Cindy, helping people get by, just eke by. But, you know, we do need the longer-term solutions, and that means better housing, more low-income housing, and the community getting behind that and realizing that, you know, we're all in this together. It's great that there's a boom here, but everybody has to come along with that, not just a few people. Al Lane heads up the Food Bank of Northern Nevada. Thanks for sharing your insights with us today. Thank you, Al.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Priced Out. If you'd like to learn more about the series and see pictures and videos, you can visit our website at KUNR.org. The music we used in today's episode comes from Puddle of Infinity, Silent Partner, and Roljui. Original theme song is by People With Bodies. You can find them on Bandcamp and on Spotify. Special thanks to the Michelles, our editor, Michelle Billman, and our digital producer, Michelle Matis. Today's story was reported by On Gray. He's Joey Lovato. And she is Bree Zender. Thank you for listening. <laughs>